Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. I want to talk to you today about breaking through barriers that seek to hold you back. What barriers, you might say? Well, of course, we all face many different kinds of barriers, tests, and challenges in our life. But let me explain uh, with a little subheading for my message today, which is ditch disappointment and let your faith soar. Now, before I get into it, I'd like to tell you a story. And the story is of a young 25-year-old man in 1954. And if you haven't guessed it, I'm speaking about the story of Roger Bannister. Uh, Roger Bannister was an athlete and he was a runner. And Roger Bannister had been running and doing quite well at his athletic endeavors. But in some sense of the word, he had failed to achieve his objective. In Roger's, Roger's own words, he said that in his day, it was actually esteemed even more to win gold in the Olympics than to even break world records. And in 1952, Roger had run in the Olympics and he had run in the 1500 event, but in fact, the 1600 event, sorry, but he had failed to win gold. In fact, he only came in fourth. But he had a dream in his heart, in his mind to do something that many considered impossible. And that was to run the 1600 in sub four minute time. No one had ever done it before. In fact, thousands had tried and thousands had failed. Thousands would try again and thousands would fail again. Doctors and scientists both agreed. They said it couldn't be done. It wasn't just dangerous. It was impossible. Man could not run a mile in under four minutes. And whoever tried would die in a foolish attempt. You see, they thought our bone structure was wrong. Wind resistance was too great. We had inadequate lung power. And our heart simply could not take the strain. But here was a problem. The problem was for them. There was this young man, Rogers Bannister, 25 years old, and he didn't believe what they said. He believed that he could do it. But those who thought maybe it was possible thought that everything would have to be just right. In fact, perhaps even perfect for it to have been done. They thought that the temperature would have to have been around about 20 degrees Celsius. It would have to be done on a completely windless day. It would have to be done on a hard track. And it would have to be done with a massive crowd to cheer on um, the person running, attempting to break the record. Rochester actually, although he was known by the running community and by the experts, wasn't deemed to be a forerunner. 
in the effort to break the sub four minute mile. In fact, they thought he was an outlier, maybe with a remote opportunity or perhaps no opportunity at all. You see, Roger Bannister didn't have the same fancy coaches helping him as many other athletes did. But in 1954, on a track in Oxford, Rogers had his big chance. But the problem was the circumstances weren't all just right. It wasn't 20 degrees Celsius. It was a cold, windy, wet, rainy day. And he went out to run on a rainy track with a small crowd. But the starting gun went off and Roger began his race. He didn't start out first. Roger started out in second and someone else was leading the charge ahead of him. You might think, okay, but then Rogers overtook. Uh, but no, <laughs> as they continued to run the race, the man running in third behind him actually overtook him and the guy running in first. And Roger went into second place. But Roger continued to believe that it was possible. Not only possible, but that he could do it, even that he would do it. And as they came around the track for the last time, Roger all of a sudden went into first place. And he ran like he had never run in his life before. And as he crossed the finish line, a second ahead of the four-minute barrier, the crowd went so wild that even though the commentators were announcing his time, no one could actually even hear the end of their announcements because the noise of the crowd was so loud as they cheered Roger on in his accomplishments. My encouragement to you today, as we consider the story of Roger and what he achieved that day, is don't let, don't let the disappointments of the past hold you back from the victories of the future. What are those disappointments? Well, of course, those disappointments could be many things. Could be a bad decision, bad judgment, bad timing. You said something you shouldn't have. You didn't say something that you should have. You did something that you shouldn't have done. You didn't do something that you should have, that you should have done. Could have been a, a moral failure. It could be the regrets of the past. Maybe it was wasn't even something that you did, but something that was done to you. There are many things in our lives that can cause us to live with disappointment, a sense of failure, regret, resentment, even bitterness. But I want to say to you today: if you hold on to disappointment and regret, they will rob you of your joy and hope. Disappointment, regret. And resentment will always steal from you and bring you down. Faith, hope and love will always add to your life and lift you up. Disappointment, regret and resentment will leave you hopeless, joyless, friendless. Faith, hope and love will multiply your hope, multiply your joy, your peace, your friends, your health and your wealth.
how the world's answer to avoiding disappointments is don't get your hopes up. But that requires settling for mediocrity. Not exactly an inspiring way to live. But God has created you to be a person full of vision, full of hope, full of passion and purpose in life. Everyone faces disappointment, but instead of allowing it to become a dead end, we can look to Jesus and make those moments into a turning point. Jesus is the mighty Redeemer who through the power of His love can transform even the darkest night into the most beautiful sunrise. I want to speak to you about a man who duffed perhaps his biggest opportunity, but who through faith and patience was able to change his circumstance and break through to the other side. The man I want to speak to you about is a man called Zechariah, who went on to become the father of John the Baptist. And we can read Zechariah's story in Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1, we can see that the angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah. And in verse 12, when the angel is speaking to him, we read how it says, And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. However, Zechariah doesn't heed the warning, the caution of the angel. He doesn't absorb the great and wonderful promise that God's giving him. And he he continues in his, his fear, his doubt, his unbelief. And unfortunately, as a result of that, in verse 18, Zechariah says to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. So Zechariah missed an incredible opportunity. And the story goes on. And I want to pick up for you in verse 62. And in verse 62 we read how his baby has been born. John the Baptist has been born. Now they're talking about what his name is going to be. And it says, And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted them to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed. And he spoke, Blessing God. And his father 
uh, John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So let me ask you, what are the lessons we can learn from his story? Well, the first lesson we can learn is heed God's warnings. Because as the prophetic word is coming to Zechariah from the angel Gabriel, this great and precious promise, the Bible records that fear came upon Zechariah. But the angel gave him a warning and said, don't be afraid. That same caution, that same exaltation stands for us today. And you know, the very same thing happens to us. It's very easy for us to stand in judgment and to look down on Zechariah and, and go, well, how could Zechariah not have responded to the word of the Lord? He had an angel standing there giving him this word, telling him about this wonderful thing that was about to happen to him and his wife, Elizabeth. But we have the word of the Lord as well. We have the recorded word of God in the Bible. We have the anointed teaching and preaching of wonderful men and women of God. And we too can be tempted to, instead of responding in faith, to respond in fear and say, well, surely not me. Zachariah and Elizabeth were well advanced in years, the Bible tells us. And it seemed to count against them. But we know that God was able despite the difficulty of their circumstances. And we have to respond in faith as well and go, despite the difficulty of our circumstances, God is able to bless us. God is able to bring his words to pass. So the first lesson is heed God's warnings. Cast off fear. Choose faith. The second lesson we can learn is God places tremendous value on our faith response to his words of promise. Let's consider for a moment the difference in how Zachariah responded and in how Mary responded when the angel came to her to tell her about the birth of Jesus and the promise of Jesus. Mary responded by saying, let it be to me according to your word. What a wonderful example that she gave for all of us. And we should respond with the same spirit of faith when God speaks to us in the same way as Mary did when God spoke to her. Like Mary, we too can say, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. It also in the natural seemed highly unlikely that what God was promising Mary would come to pass, if not impossible. But Mary wasn't daunted and she rose up with the spirit of faith and responded to God in faith. God places tremendous value on our faith response to his words of promise. The next lesson we can learn is God places tremendous value on the words of our mouth, whether they be words of fear or words of faith. 
And of course, God is looking for us to respond in a spirit of faith with faith-filled words. It's clearly evident how important the faith response is to God because when Zechariah began to speak out in words of fear, doubt, and unbelief, God caused the angel Gabriel to silence him and he lost the ability to speak until it came to the day when it was time for his son to be named. And praise the Lord, God had been working in Zachariah's heart. And he did respond in faith and his whole circumstance turned around. The next lesson we can learn is that God knows the words of our mouth have massive consequences in the story of our lives. <clears throat> the words of our mouth can either drag us down or launch us into God's grace. This is a whole topic I love to speak about and I've ministered on a word which I call strong words. Strong words are simply faith-filled words. And you know that you and I get to choose the words of our mouth. There are many things in life that we don't get to choose. But we always get to choose our attitude and we always get to choose the words of our mouth. And clearly in the story we can see that God knows that the words of our mouth have massive consequences in the story of our lives. We should choose faith-filled words. Faithful words are strong words. Words of fear, doubt and unbelief are weak words. <laughs> and in our family, we love to encourage each other and to um, exhort each other. And if someone in our family starts speaking down, they start speaking fear, doubt and unbelief, we say, yuck, weak words. <laughs> and we laugh together and it reminds each, we remind each other in so doing to speak strong words. But conversely, if someone speaks something that's good, that's uplifting, that's kind, that's full of love, that's full of faith, we say strong words. <laughs> I hope that encourages you and maybe you decide to take up this uh, fun way of exhorting each other in your household as well. The next wonderful lesson that we can learn from the story is Zechariah through faith and patience, brought about a turnaround in his circumstances. Because when Zechariah wrote on the tablet, his name shall be John, speech was restored to him, and the words of his mouth that followed were faith-filled, strong words. How did it happen? Well, I believe that Zechariah had a tender heart toward God. He recognized how he had missed it and he practiced repentance. Even though he was not able to speak, the meditation of his heart was on the goodness of God. The meditation of his heart was on the faithfulness of God. 
The meditation of his heart was on the grace and mercy of God. And through that meditation, he received the grace and mercy of God. Thanksgiving and praise began to well up in his heart. He practiced honoring God in his heart, in his mind. And through that meditation, he radically transformed the words of his mouth. And we know that because when his speech was restored to him, he released words of faith. He released words of praise. Zechariah spoke the blessing. The next lesson we can learn from Zechariah is that he benefited from the power of partnership. Praise God, Zechariah had a good wife in Elizabeth. And Elizabeth stayed in faith. And the promise of God caused that little baby John to grow strong within her. The lesson for us is get around and stay around faith-filled, Jesus-loving, God-honoring people. People who walk the walk of faith, people who talk the talk of faith. Why? Because faith pleases God. Faith lifts us up. Faith lifts up those around us. And faith always points people toward Jesus. The next lesson we can learn is stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And serve God without fear. I want to read some scripture from you from that Luke chapter 1 passage. It says in verse 39, In those days Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So now you see why I see why I said one of the lessons is for us to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth was in the habit of speaking the blessing. Friends, as believers, as sons and daughters of God, let's be in the habit of speaking the blessing. Speaking the blessing over our lives, over our health, over our wealth, over our future, over our children and our family. Then she goes on to say, And why is this granted to me that the mother of the Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed are those who believe that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to them from the Lord. Friends, let that be said of us, that we are blessed because we believe in the fulfillment of what God has promised to us. And I want to skip forward to verse 67. And this is how 
Zechariah responds when his speech is restored to him. And I believe this really goes to what had been filling Zechariah's heart and mind, even while he was unable to speak, even as he watched his son John growing within Elizabeth's womb. He says, and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Friends, I recommend to you that you go ahead and read this whole chapter and be encouraged by this story. But I want to end here today. And I just want to reflect on that last line as a takeaway from the story of Zechariah. He says that in verse 74, that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Zechariah got himself into the fix because of fear, but he learned his lesson. And he comes out with this beautiful statement in verse 74. That we being delivered from the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear. Zechariah learned his lesson. Friends, have we learned our lesson? I hope so. Let's receive that exhortation from Zechariah. And acknowledge that God through Jesus has delivered us from the hand of our enemies. That we might serve him without fear. When we serve God without fear, our hearts are free to respond to him in faith. Regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the tests, challenges, past failures, disappointments, regrets that we might have. Friends, the eyes of faith always see the opportunity in God. The eyes of faith will always see God's goodness and His deliverance. Even when we look back upon our lives, and you might say to me, Yes, but Brett, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how I've missed it. We need to learn as believers, when we look back at our past, to see the cross of Jesus. And when we do to see his, the power of forgiveness, the power of his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. When we look at our present, to have a spirit of thanksgiving like Zachariah and to speak the blessing. When we see our future, to see the promise of God being fulfilled in our lives. You might say, yes, but forget about the but. Put it aside. It's our responsibility to believe. Jesus even said that our work is to believe. That's why we're called believers. 
and believers are receivers. When we put our faith, hope and trust in God, it opens the door for us to receive from him. It opens the door for Jesus to transform the darkness of the darkest of nights into a beautiful sunrise and to make something beautiful in our lives. Something that is a testimony to the goodness of God. Amen and have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend.